All right, God is good. Come on, I say God is good. And all the time, He is a good God. In good times, in bad times, He remains consistent. Things around us change, life changes, even people that we know change. People that were cool with us sometimes, sometimes they change. You're like, whatever happened to her? Whatever happened to him? You know, how many know what I'm talking about? But God is consistently good. He's always good in our lives, so we can count on Him. This morning I want to start, uh, I want to speak uh, to you about the subject of prayer and fasting. I got two amens. Let, let me, let me start that over again. Okay, let me try this again. This morning I want to talk to you about the subject of prayer and fasting. Woo! Now I'm excited. You know, I know Pastor Chris told us we're going to be taking time to, to pray and fast the next uh, three days. Uh, for those that are new to Lincoln City Church, you may not know this, but we, we, take, we do this every quarter. We, we pause everything and we, and we start uh, and, we, uh, and we, we, we take three days corporately where we concentrate on, on more intense prayer in our personal lives. But we come together at, at church those three night, for three nights, just an hour. Out of 24 hours, we take one hour and dedicate it to the Lord in prayer. And I tell you, there are some of the most dynamic times that we have as a church. Yeah. The one, those that said amen, they know it because they do it. And so we're going to be doing that again starting tomorrow. And what a good way to, to start the year. Now, we used to do this. Um, uh, we'll take a longer time of prayer and fasting at the beginning of every year. But what I notice is that sometimes there's so much faith and believing God for great things and, and whatnot. At the beginning of the year, everybody's like, has a list of what they want to see done. And you know, that excitement just kind of slows down. Man, and then you hit September. The Huskers lose about three games. And you're like, and there's not like, this faith is not there. But you know, the Bible does say that we, 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 should, we, should, we should pray without ceasing. Uh, in every season. And so what we do, instead of doing just one particular time um, of prayer and fasting, we kind of spread it out throughout the year. So we start in faith and we finish in faith. Man, that's a, you get so excited uh, when you're finishing up the year when you have, your faith is like way up here, you know. On a scale of 1 to 10, you're like, where's your faith at now? 11 plus, you know, that's a way to finish, you know. So, 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 um, but, uh, but, I, wanna, I wanted to kind of dig a little bit about the prayer and fasting and talk about um, the Word of God. Uh, it wouldn't be long. I wish uh, if we had more time, we, w- we will do more. But uh, prayer and fasting is referenced all over the Bible, in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. Uh, almost a hundred times uh, prayer uh, and fasting uh, is, is referenced in the Bible. But even with as much references that we see in it, it's not a subject that you hear a lot in Christian conversations. It's not a, a topic you hear a lot on the pulpit. You don't get a lot of literature about it. And, and, I, know, and I think partly it's because there is a, a private part of, what, um, of prayer, of fasting particularly, that, that sometimes maybe people maybe fast more than you may realize or not or, or whatnot. But at the same time, you know, we also need to, to kind of look at the Word of God and see what it does and, and why, why, why is it important uh, for our lives, why do we even fast? Uh, why do we even fast? Is there a need for it now? And uh, what does it does it make any difference in my life? Uh, and, and and I've had conversations with people. Uh, this is some of the conversations I've had with people sometimes, where they've never fasted or prayed, uh, pray, pray, prayed and fasted, and because they just were never taught about. It. It's not like they, they they're against it or anything. 
when they hear us say, hey, we're going to have prayer and fasting, but they don't really understand what all that means. And maybe they were grew up in a church where they never taught it. They never forget teaching it. They never practiced it. You're in a family, or maybe you're a new believer. It's a new subject to you. And so sometimes you find like, well, well what is that? And typically, it involves withholding food. Food is a big subject. And it should be a lot easier to fast on the fast of the year because everybody is motivated too. <laughs> you know I'm preaching good, guys. But, but the point is not so much the food, but the spiritual benefit that comes with it and what's going on in the spiritual. Now, there's a guy. Uh, <clears throat> there, uh, I, I want to pick on a story that I want you to go to the Bible with me as we dive into this message this morning. And, and, and what I, what I, wanna, I want to... I want to encourage you. We'll do it. Daniel chapter 10 is where we're going to read from. Because I want to read the story of Daniel. Before that, Jesus did talk about prayer and fasting. In fact, Jesus, the way he implied when he talked about fasting, you know, um, he kind of said that he, he took it as a given that his people, his followers, his disciples, or it's not like he didn't command us to fast. He just says that's just to be part of your lifestyle. Now, if I take you back, I'm not going to go there, but just a reference, Matthew chapter 6, when he's talking about prayer and he's talking about fasting. In fact, he, takes a, he does a teaching on both. And, and, and then he says, when, when you pray, he takes a negative approach first, do not be like the hypocrites, because here's how they like to pray. And then he goes on, and then later, thank God, he gives us the positive. He says, but when you pray... Say this, you know, so we get the, the, the Lord's Prayer there. In the same teaching that Jesus was giving us, he also talks about fasting. He says, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites, you know. And then he lists oh, why the hypocrites fast and how they like to fast and how they like to tell everybody that they're fasting. Okay? But he says, but when you fast. Now, in that statement alone, Jesus is kind of making it parallel to prayer. And he's not saying that if you fast, he's saying, when you fast, it's like assuming that that's something that's a part of your life. And the reason I want to pick on Daniel, I don't have a lot of time to, 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 to dig into our, our match biblically and all that. But I will tell you this about Daniel. If we see in his lifestyle, he had ad- adopted a lifestyle of fasting. Fasting was a part of his life. One, in one instance, he, he fasted for 21 days. In another instance, he fasted for three days. And you see that he fasted one day many times throughout his life. And that's why I'm picking on Daniel today uh, in, our, in our message because Daniel kind of made it a lifestyle. And that's what Jesus was implying to the disciples that make it a lifestyle. Not just the corporate time, but there are times that you need to call out for personal times of, of, of fasting uh, as an individual just to one, uh, and, and for two reasons, which I will reveal to you in a second here. But uh, before I go any further, because I have a tendency to, to introduce the message and preach the whole introduction and then well i gotta take get people home after this you know so i'm not gonna go there so go to daniel chapter 10 with me and then we'll, we'll and then we'll take the ride daniel chapter 10 i want to pick on this guy because he had a lifestyle and the, and the key today is that i want you to consider 2018 be a year where you make it a lifestyle whether we are doing it corporately at the church but see how it will stretch your faith and improve your life um, uh, if, you, if you get this. After the message, hopefully, you will get it if you haven't already. So in the, year, in the third year of the reign of King Cyrus, I'm going to read my story, so buckle up. It's going to be a little while. 
How many like to read a lot of scripture at church? How many need to read? How many appreciate that? You know, I could paraphrase this whole thing to you, but I think it's, there's power when we read the word of God, when it's open and it should be read. So in the third year of the king, of, of, of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, Belteshazzar, had another vision. It wasn't his first vision. He understood that the vision was concerning events, sudden, that are starting to happen in the future. Times of war, great hardship, and whatnot. Let me pause for a second here and tell you um, about Daniel. Because this is chapter 10. And in fact, before I pause, I want to give another, you know, this is, these are just footnotes, guys. If you have a challenge or say, hey, I need to be reading more of the Bible this year, start with Daniel this year. That's the book I'm reading right now. Uh, you know, there's always a book I'm reading in the Bible. So, hey, be reading Daniel. Chapter 1 is great. But uh, just a quick snapshot, and then I'll continue to read. Daniel was a Hebrew young man during the time, it was about 600 uh, B.C., that the uh, empire, the, 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 um, uh, the height of the, um, um, what's, what's, the Persian Empire was really strong at that time. I'd really taken over much of the Middle East right now. And, uh, you know, the, and the capital was in Babylon, modern-day Iraq. Now, <clears throat> Persia had taken over Israel and the whole region. And what they did is that they took young people that were talented, gifted, um, uh, uh, the skilled people uh, from Judah and Jerusalem, that were, and then they, they, they did not kill them. They just identified the well-educated, the skilled people, the ones that had something to offer, and they pulled them back to Babylon. Instead of killing them, they trained them in their ways, and they're very smart, and capitalized on their knowledge and what they did to add to their kingdom, and which is uh, pretty amazing. And Daniel was one of those young men that were picked up and are recognized, was very gifted, very smart, and, and, and was trained uh, to work in the king's court. Okay? Now, God used Daniel in a lot of different ways. So I, I wanted to kind of give you a background if you're not familiar with that. Now, this is, a, this is one of many times where God gave him a vision and God spoke to him spiritual, uh, supernaturally concerning the world. But another incident there uh, with that verse, and maybe I'll come back to it as we, uh, as we finish reading here, uh, verse 2, because at this rate it will be three hours. So, <clears throat> when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat, no wine across my lips, and I refused, I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks were had passed. Let me uh, translate that, a.k.a. he took three weeks of fasting and prayer, if you hadn't gotten that yet. So on April 23rd, as, it was, as I was standing on the banks of the great Trigris River, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like the precious gem, a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet were uh, feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like the vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and, and, and ran away to hide. I think I would have been the guy with him at that time. So as I 
verse 8. So I was, there, I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I was very weak. Then I heard a man speak, and when, he heard the sound of, when, when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face on the ground. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me up, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you're very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, but still trembling. Then verse 12 says, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since, now, isn't that, uh, just pause a minute. Heaven always tells earth, fear not. That was always the first message that heaven tells us. Don't be afraid. You, you look throughout the whole scripture. When people, uh, there's an encounter, a spiritual encounter, where heaven meets earth. A person sees an angel. A person sees God. The words always, don't be afraid. Life is so unpredictable. I think you know, it's no wonder we have fear. Fear of like, what am I going to do? Sometimes it's just little things. Sometimes it's big things. Sometimes afraid of this. Where fear just will come in. Because fear is an enemy of faith. Fear and faith cannot occupy the same room. One has to go. And faith is choosing, I will not be afraid. And heaven reassures us every time heaven meets our situation, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be afraid about your finances. Don't be afraid about your family. Don't be afraid about your future. You're precious to God. Fear not, for I am with you. So Daniel says, do not be afraid. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in to answer. I have come in in answer to your prayer. This is an angel saying this to Daniel. But for 21 days, the spirit, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. The older translation was said, the stronghold, the strong man. And I, will, and I, and, and I left him there. Oh, ho, ho, let me, I skipped a line. But 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to my help. And I left him there with the spirit of prince of, of the kingdom of Persia. Now here I am to explain what will happen to you and to your people, your future. For this vision concerns the times to come. Now Daniel was one of those guys that God gave a vision of the end times, like in a panorama view of from the time that they were living in to how thing, the themes of Revelation. In fact, no biblical scholars can piece together the different interpretation of the last days without considering Daniel. The interpretations of the last days, whether it's Revelation prophecy, whether it's Jeremiah's prophecy, has to go back to some of the things that God has shown Daniel. And, and that's not what I'm talking about here. But uh, uh, today, that's, that's a total, totally different uh, message. But God had given him an understanding, a clear view of, of how the world will go to the time of the Lord and the time of his return. And the angel saying, God is wanting to show you things about your future. 
Now, if you figure out about your future, I mean tomorrow, you got to keep about something tomorrow, that'd be nice. But God's giving him hundreds of years of understanding. Now, what I'm telling you is the same God that the, the Daniel served, the same God that we serve. And that some God wants to show you your future, wants to give you direction about your life. And I wants us to live with that understanding about the big picture. And I know we pray for Shelly's family, and I know it's always, always hard when we lose someone here. And if it's not hard for you, there's something really wrong with you. But the Lord always reminds us, I want you to see the big picture. And that's why we tell people about the gospel, that everybody needs to come to that personal knowledge of Christ. And I know Shelly did this. I know she made things right with God. I know where she's at. We had several conversations about this. And, and when we live with that perspective of the, of the eternal perspective, well, I'm, I, I'm sad now. I'm sorrowful now. I feel defeated now. But I know the end of this story. And the end of this story is that I win because I'm in Christ. So Daniel gets a vision from God. And, 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 and I, one of the things that fascinates me about the life of Daniel. He's, an, he's a remarkable man. I tell you, read, the, read Daniel. In fact, how many have taken on the challenge already? When I said, he's like, you know what? That's a, pop it up this afternoon. You don't have to watch any football games, you know. But I, I, I start, start it. It's an interesting book. It's not a boring one. It's actually very... And, and don't go read New King, uh, New King James Version if you are new to reading the Bible. Get like New Living Translation for crying out loud. You will understand it. Okay, and it will be more, it will be more. But, but the one key I want to bring in, in Daniel's life that I think was very unique uh, with the people that he was with that we can adapt into our lives to have that kind of sensitivity to God is that he had adapted a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. And you know what it does? And I only, only have two points. I know sometimes I have three. I only have two. Why do we fast? Why is it important? What, what is it for me? What does it do? To, is, it, is, it, is it just a religious practice? Is it something that we're commanded to do every quarter? We're not commanded to do every quarter. But actually, as believers, what's more important is what we, we incorporate into our own personal lives. We, we fast individually, but, but corporately we come together and agree together in prayer. But what, what's more impactful is what you do as a, as a believer in your own life. The first motivation and the first reason that I, I want to point out is that we fast and pray. We adapt into a lifestyle of fasting to increase intimacy with God, to get closer to God. Now, God has always, always, after Christ and all that, God wants, wants us to have relationship with him. But God is a gentleman. I've said this many times, but I'll reiterate it again. God will not go where he's not invited. He will not bulldoze his way in. See, God is a God of freedom. He gave us uh, our, our destiny. What he's planned for us is in the first chapter of the Bible. He's the original life. He says he created us in his own image. And in it, he says he wants us to have dominion over all things. 
He wants us to have dominion over our lives. Because he created us in his own image. He's a God of liberty. He's a God of, the very idea of liberty and freedom is from God. It's, it's of God. And so, but with liberty also comes the risk. Because when you have freedom, not everybody would always choose to use that freedom the right way. Now, we, I mean, we live in the United States of America with liberty and justice for all. We pride ourselves for freedom and all that. But, and, and, and you're like, okay, there are some countries that don't have freedom. And they do have their advantages and their disadvantages. Advantages means like if you get the right person when you don't have freedom, that does the right thing and execute it right, there's a lot of unity. And they can pass you up with no time. But when we've tasted freedom, like if I had choice, because 5, 10, 50 people might mess up and decide to, I'm still choosing freedom. But, it, but, but in giving freedom, you also have the risk that people will abuse their freedom. Are you at least getting that? I want you to understand in the way we operate with God. God's given us the freedom and the liberty to follow him. But in it, he knows what the risk he possesses and he actually knows what the outcome is. But he still chooses freedom. That he'll give us a free choice to follow him. And so, so in order to do his will and the freedom that we possess in our hands... We have to choose to cooperate and to work with God in our lives. Then his word, his will of our lives, and, and our, li- our desires and our will of our lives, when they coincide, that's when answers, prayers begin to happen. You're like, I've been praying this. Because it says, if I pray anything in accordance to his will, he will hear us. Whatever he does according to his will, he will actualize, he will do it in our lives problem is sometimes you are not always in alignment with his will see now what the, the, what the advantage of fasting well here's what fasting comes fasting doesn't manipulate god to change his mind and say oh well you bugged me enough like my kids when they're asking can i get the internet and play this game no can i download this game no and about six seven times some you're doing something oh yeah 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 go ahead you come back and like who told you to download that? Oh, you did. That's not how it works with God. The problem is us. And fasting, what he does is like saying, God, I'm taking all distractions. And I want my heart to be cleared of all the clutter. I want to focus. Maybe one day. Maybe three days. Maybe seven days. I want to focus on you. Why? Not that God will speak more, just so that I can hear you more. So that I will not miss your will. So that I'll be sensitive to you. Because we have multiplied our distractions in our lives. I remember the days where you won't be home and people will call you. And they wouldn't worry all day as to where you are. You come home around 7 or 8 at night and you listen to your messages and you write them all down and you start calling people back. And we'll have happy lives. These days, 
They text you. You didn't answer. Mind you, you're probably in a meeting. They email you. They Facebook you. They do what? They call. They're like, wow, you tried to reach out to me in five different methods. There is a reason I didn't answer. Maybe I wasn't available. And as we are out there looking for something else, an advertisement pops up and you're, we are distracted even when we are working. We forget things on just normal day lives because I, how, this is my, my, my wife is more focused than I am. But sometimes I'll go out on the internet to look up an address or something. And then before you know it, oh, hey, how did the spouse do yesterday? And, how did they, and before you know it, like 10 minutes, I was like, I just want to check an address. Oh, you guys are so good. But, uh, but fasting is taking that time and realizing and, and, and recognizing the, 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 the distractions that we have all around us and saying we're too distracted that even when God speaks, we don't hear him. When God shows up, there are so many voices in our lives that we cannot distinguish the voice of God, our voice and the voice of the world, even the voice of the devil because he is a fake. He might just sound like God sometimes. That's why the Bible calls it father of lies. And we're deceived and sucked right into it. And so first thing what it does, it makes our hearts sensitive. And it's an intentional thing that you do to remove clutter so that God can speak to you. I have to do this in my life. Tell my, my wife, sometimes like, I'm too distracted. I'm taking a couple of days. No phones, no internet, nothing. And I, I'm going to just spend time with God. Only my Bible, like not this Bible, but the actual paper Bible and a pen. Because I know sometimes you bring the computer to research and it can be another place that gets you one. And sometimes you're like, okay, no TV, no news. Well, I was watching news the other day. We were watching news and local news. Three, four, five different stories. Every one of them had to do with death and gruesome death and a bad death and all that. I was like, wow, I'm going to turn that thing off. I want to hear about life. For just for a moment, get a break from that. So, so at times of fasting is making a deliberate choice, not, not, not because it twists God's arm to work on your behalf, but rather it, it, it makes your spirit more sensitive to be able to hear God. And so because you hear God, then His will becomes more clear and direction in your life becomes so clear. And now when you coincide, you're praying and you're hitting target every time you pray. Your darts are not shooting in the dark. You're like, yep, I know that's what I'm going for. That's what, and, and, and your faith builds up. As you start seeing more prayers answered, guess what? Your faith gets stronger. And now next time God's saying, hey, here's what I'm, I'm sending you. This is what I'm telling you to do. You're not as afraid because you have seen God walk in your life before. And now you can believe him. If he did it in the past, he can do it again. Can I get an amen? Because you see in verse 7, as I end that uh, point, uh, in verse 7 it says, oh, only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men with me saw, uh, saw nothing, uh, but they, they, they suddenly t- were terrified and ran away to hide. It shows that there was a distinction between where Daniel was with the Lord and where the people with him were in the Lord. You know, you walk, walk your life with a lot of people, your friends, your family, your people in your life, co-workers, whatever, people in your life. And you can be at different places with the Lord. And, 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 and because I took keen notice on that statement. Those guys did not hear. Maybe they heard. That he says that they did not see. Something caused them to run away. Something caused them to be terrified. But they weren't at the level where they're seeing this. 
Daniel alone was seeing this. And I believe his heart was sensitive enough to recognize and to be in the presence of God. Because you see many, many times, because if God wanted only Daniel to hear the message, God would have sent the angel to visit Daniel when he's private. I could go through the Bible continuously where people had a private visitation from an angel. Mary, we just finished Christmas, got a private visitation. Joseph got a private visitation. God would have done that. And I also, from the Christian story, you can see where God wanted many people to hear. The shepherds. There are a whole bunch of them. And they saw all these angels together. And God, they heard God's voice together. So I, this is me. I have a feeling God wanted to reveal this to more than just Daniel. But they were not at the place where they could hear it. Even though they walked with Daniel, they lived with Daniel, he was at a different level. And I see the pattern of fasting in his life where he adapted one day, many times. People didn't know, but he, he, he made a point to pause in a busy week. Fast and, it's like I'm blocking six hours of fasting and prayer, no distractions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek the Lord. If anything, I'm going to read the word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to speak to me, the Lord to tell me something. And you will find that God does want to speak to you, that God does want to show you God wants to show you something about your future. You don't have to go aimlessly. You don't have to keep floating on whatever be will be. No, you don't have to walk that way. Maybe a direction on a job. Maybe you're needing to change something. A career, a choice maybe in, in a major or something, a college student. Maybe insight in, into the unknown. Maybe a breathtaking idea on a business that nobody had thought about. God maybe wants to show you something. Maybe a book on the horizon. You've known you needed to write something. Never done. And God's like, wants to speak to you about that. Maybe direction, wisdom on how on, 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 on to give a child direction or to, 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 to speak into a life of your own child. And sometimes parenting, how many know that parenting is hard sometimes? But God, God, God is our greatest partner when we parent. I want the parents to say amen. He's our biggest cheerleader. He doesn't want us to do it alone. And when we seek him, he'll show us things. Sometimes the child gets hard and the Lord says, hey, if you listen, if you, God will show you the, the key you need. Maybe it's direction on a key or something that will just challenge your marriage. Turn your marriage around in a second because there's one little key you keep missing and the Lord says, I, I have it right there. Let me tell you why that is biblical. The Bible does say this, that no eye has seen no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the plans that God has for those who love him. But the next verse says, but he reveals those to us through his spirit. So he has an intent for those who love him. He says, we even have no idea. It's, it's, it's beyond our wildest dreams what he has for us. And people don't even understand it. But God says he reveals those plans to us. And I believe when we remove distraction, and that's what really fasting is about, it's about removing distractions and being intentional about spending time with God. Special moments, special days, special seasons. So it's like, okay, God, I'm going to seek you. This is you and me. I've been feeling stale. I've been going through the motion. I'm not feeling it. I remember when I came to the Lord, I was excited about you. But now I'm just kind of going through the motion. God, I don't want to go through the motions. I, I, want, I want the fire. Set a fire down in my soul. Did we sing a song like that today? Yeah. I'm leaving the distractions. I do want to get that fire. And you will be surprised that God, I hope you are not surprised. Let me say it that way. That God would lead 
and instruct you and direct you in the very affairs of your life. I was talking uh, with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. I won't mention his name because he's here. <laughs> and he's telling me about there was just something about uh, there was a time there was a movement in their lives. And in, in a career kind of sense, he knew he had to change a job. And, uh, and he got a couple uh, interviews, and one was paying really good, sat there with a bunch of interviewers, and they pretty much offered him the job right there. And he was going to give him a good raise. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to him and said, no. And he said, and, and I forget how he tells me how he, he, he walked out of that conversation, but he knew he was going to pay him a lot more money. The, pretty, the one calling for a second interview, they liked his skills and what he was bringing to the table. And right there, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, no, this isn't for you. And um, as things would go in, something else will be revealed. And looking back in retrospect, he knows for sure that God is the direction of his life. The life would have, his life would have taken a whole different direction had he went with that job. And this is a guy that prays. This is a guy that fasts. This is a guy that seeks the Lord. And, I, and I, in 2018, I want to I, I challenge you to up your life. You know, we, as a church, we can encourage and grow. But man, you got to do these things for yourself because that's what God wants. After all, you live your life. When we stand before the Lord, I won't be standing even with my wife. I won't be standing with my kids. I'll be standing before the Lord the way I came in, solo. I don't know how you're going to do it. I took that name. It's, for some, it take a while. But, but we'll all be standing there. But you know what? There are things that God expects from us. So I want to challenge you to take your life. You know, um, uh, um, get, get, get in the Word this year. Uh, you hit, so your checklist of being gathering in the house of the Lord. Yeah, you did great. First Sunday of 2018, you're here. Hey, Make it the next 50, 51. Let the Lord, let, let it be a different year for you. And, and, and see God bless your life. My second and last point. Can I get an amen? The second. <laughs> Someone is very excited. What, what I didn't tell you is my second point is usually the longest. Sorry. The second reason we fast is for spiritual breakthrough. To me, let, let me, let me take you back to the story. And to me, this is one of the most fascinating passages that I've ever found in Scripture. Verse 12 says, Then he said to me, this is the angel speaking to me, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven, and I have come in to answer you, in, in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. The Michael, one of the archangels, came to my help. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to, to, to your people in the future for the vision concerns the time yet to come. Now, just real quick, this, this, that one passage is so insightful in helping us understand what goes on in the spiritual realm. Because sometimes we, are, we live in the physical realm, but because we know Christ, 
We, have in, we are in touch with the spiritual, but we don't always see things physically what's happening in the spiritual. And this kind of gives us some insight. Daniel has set out a time. He's living in troubled times. The nation, everything is turned upside down. And he's asking, he's seeking the Lord. He's fasting uh, for 21 days. He's, he's praying every single day. He's seeking the Lord's face. And he doesn't see answers in his life. But he keeps on praying. But he keeps on fasting. He keeps on seeking the Lord. He has no idea what's going on in the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, you'll find that uh, here this angel comes to bring blessing to Daniel, to bring revelation, to give him understanding. That was his prayer. His prayer, he wanted to get understanding. Because the Israelites had been captured, uh, were living in captivity under the, the rulership of Babylonian. Uh, the, the, you know, for, Daniel was there for 65 years. And he lived under four different kings. Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus, I forget the other ones. You know, four different kings. And, and uh, this had been prophesied in Isaiah that this would actually happen. And he's trying to say, and, and, and because he's a man of wisdom and he's seen the world, Lord's word, he's asking God, what's the connection here? Because I know it was prophesied that something like this will happen to Israel. And it seems to be about time that things should be changing. And he's now getting an answer. And the angel comes and reveals, from the first day you set out to pray, Daniel, your prayers were heard in heaven. And this angel says, I'm coming to you, but I'm getting resistance. I'm getting resistance. I can get across to you because hell, all hell broke loose, if you would. And they bought their best men to keep me from blessing you, Daniel. I had to call reinforcement and I got the archangel Michael to come and help me out. And here I am. Now I'm thinking, what if Daniel had given up about day 14? Threw in the towel says, man, I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been, I've been tithing and still I'm broke. I've been, uh, uh, I've been very nice to people and they're still mean to me. Uh, uh, man, I've been trying to be the best guy at work, man, uh, but they don't give me, they pay me back. With all this, I'm suffering. Nobody recognizes. And then we give up, you know. Uh, uh, but he did not. He kept pressing on. What if he had stopped? But says every time, but he kept on pressing in. He kept on pressing in. That's what the Bible says. Do not get tired. Do not get weary in doing good. For in, good, in due season, you will heap, reap a harvest if you do not give up. And so Daniel pressed in. He did not give up. The results that he was looking for, he wasn't finding it. But in the spiritual realm, something was happening. And Satan was not letting go. He wanted them to live in captivity. He wanted them to live in frustration. And he does that for you as well. And there are some times that you need to engage in prayer and fasting in your life over things that are difficult, things that, you, that maybe have held even your family for years. You can break those strongholds through prayer and fasting. There are certain things, that, certain strongholds that remain in families generationally. You see it with clear eyes. You understand this, but you, you feel incapable. And you decide, well, that's just the way it is with us. I'm going to tell you, child of God, 
You don't have to accept something that the law says you don't have to accept. Because he gave us a victory. He, he's restoring dominion to us. And that we can fight. We can press in. We can push through and believe for breakthrough. And begin new chains of blessing. Maybe this is a problem in my life. But I don't have to accept this. I can fight. I can believe God. I can push. I can pray until I see something happen. I'm, gonna give. I'm not going to accept it as a destiny. I'm going to fight. It might take long, but it says, yes, some things might take long. Even Jesus told his disciples, because they were going around casting out demons, and there's a time they tried to pray for something, and, and they weren't getting anywhere. And Jesus says, oh, but guys, you know what? Some don't go out unless through prayer and fasting. If it's a stronghold, Satan wants to occupy it. But no, every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You have overcome. You have overcome. You sing in that song, begin to declare over those strongholds in your life. Maybe it's poverty. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's who knows what. But every stronghold will bow under the authority of Jesus. And if we would press in and not give up. Daniel pressed in. And they did not give up. The sky is the limit as to what God wants to do in your life. Do your part. God will always be faithful in doing his. Did you get something today? People are ready to fast and pray. Amen. Stand with us. Amen. God. Thank you. Yeah, it's all right. You can clap. Not to me, to the Lord. Amen. You can give the Lord glory and thank him for his word. I'm going to ask the team to pass communion here in a moment. I'm going to have you take um, uh, the bread and the cup because this really represents. It's exciting to take the first communion for this year. Amen. It represents that victory we are talking about. His broken body and, 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 and the blood. That's our victory today. And I want, us to, I want you as we pray together here in a moment. To start bringing those things in your life this year that you want to see changing. And welcome the Lord's presence in those areas. You speak him out loud to you and just bring him up. You know what your issue is or where you need victory, where you need maybe intimacy. I want you to, to, to bring it to the Lord as we share communion. Would you pray with me for a moment here? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, take a moment and just begin to worship him. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. We, we welcome you, God. Lord, we ask that your word will not return to us void, God, but have it accomplished in us what you sent it, God. Father, show us in our lives those adjustments that we need to make, reinforcements that we need to adapt into, God, patterns and habits that we need to, 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 to add into our lives, that it will increase value, that more importantly, Lord, what we want to see in 2018 is increased intimacy with you. Like Daniel, who with his companions would not even know your voice, not see what you're doing. But he had the sensitivity to hear your voice, to know you, to see you. God, give us that sensitivity that when you move, when you move in our lives, when you move in our church, when you move in our generation, in our nation even, that we won't be the ones that miss it. 
but be the ones that get it. As we are commanded that we should be like the men of Issachar, who understood their time. God, I pray, it's my prayer that I would be that person. Because we know you're moving on the earth. You move even when we don't see it. Take away our scales of blindness. Take away our deafness. Give us a sensitivity to understand our times. To know when you move in a situation. To hear your voice leading us and directing us, Lord. We dedicate this year to you. We dedicate even as we begin this journey tomorrow night and the next three days, God. Show us where where we need to pray, where we need to to believe, where our faith needs to be stretched, God, we pray. Let this year not go in the record books like any other year. Let it be the year, Lord, of our breakthrough, the year of blessing, the year of favor, the year of great possibilities, the year when we can look back at December 31st and be out and say, wow, indeed this is the doing of the Lord and it's marvelous in my sight. Let it be that kind of year for us, God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want you to keep your eyes closed before we pray for communion here. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you haven't invited him into your life, I want to give you a moment to say yes to Jesus, to invite him into your life, to be your Savior, your Lord. If you don't even understand what this means when I say that, that means you have not done this. You have not been born again. And it's not very complicated. It's actually a prayer you can pray right now, and it will change everything in your life. I want you to, um, to just uh, raise your hand where you are and just wave at me. I have my eyes open. Say, Pastor Solo, pray for me. I want to start 2018 as a person that's given their lives to Jesus. I want to open my heart to him. And maybe you have at one point, but you've been far from God. And you're like, you know what? It's a new year, a new beginning. I'm starting right with God. I want to come back. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Thank you, sir. I see your hand too. You can put it down. Anybody? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you, hand. Anybody else? You don't have to start it without this. This is where it all starts. This is where it all begins. I want to pray this prayer, and I want you to repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. I'm opening my heart to you. I'm saying yes to you. Yes to your ways. I know that I'm a sinner. And you know that. But today I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. And give me a new heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm committing my life to you today. Now I pray that you will give me the strength that I need to follow you in 2018 and the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, come on.